Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I am a teen mom turned speaker, author, and mompreneur. My mission is to help you build healthy relationships with your children, level up your mindset, and achieve all you ever dreamed of and more. I will teach you how to level up your lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Join me every Tuesday for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. You will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right, so good afternoon or good evening and welcome to tonight's Tuesday Talk. My name is Tari Kaya Allen and I am an author and speaker. And what I do is teach millennial moms how to gain confidence in who they are as a mother. And I teach them how to build healthy relationships with their children. So my motto with the whole Mom Keys to Mental Peace platform is... The quality of woman that you are will determine the quality of mother that you are. So we are working on all things self-care, um, self-improvement, self-elevation to water ourselves and give ourselves all that we need so that we can show up as our best selves for our kids. All right, y'all, my washing machine is going crazy over here, so I'm going to have to turn it off. Give me one second. <laughs> Give me one moment and I'll be right back. Alright. Sorry y'all, that spin cycle was distracting me. Trying to get this laundry done. So, <laughs> let's hop into tonight's talk. So, um, this is February, Black History Month, and I wanted to honor Black History specifically black history of the black mother because i feel like the story of the black mother just runs so deep within us there are so many layers and elements and stories and things that the black mother has gone through that i feel should be honored this month and um my goal for tonight's talk so um again the title is black history and mother story now, Mother's Story is the third chapter of my book, Mom Keys to Mental Peace, where I pretty much go into detail about um, my history with my relationship with my mother and patterns and things that I saw in our relationship that I started to notice in my own personal relationship with my kids. Um, it's a very personal chapter, very transparent, um, but also one of my most favorite chapters um, because understanding my mother's story really was the jump start to me looking within and trying to fix things, you know, within myself to better improve my relationship and my life with my children. So what is a mother's story? This is a term um, that you may not have heard that I got from Dave Ramsey, um, where he talks about knowing your money story. So where you're learning about the history of your money um, with your family, with your how you saw money presented in your home. So mother story. It's a summary of the things that we've imitated, heard 
or specific experiences that we've had in our lives with our mothers. So just real quick, you know, reflect on what are some life-defining experiences that you had with your mother? It could go back as young as, you know, when you were school age or a toddler, um, teenager, even to your adult life. So what are those experiences that you remember, those pinpoint moments with your mother that you can remember and recall? that have not left your memory and that stick with you and will kind of trigger you sometimes. Some of, some of our experiences with our mothers can be triggers. So just think back on those. All those moments and experiences create your mother story. So they can be unconscious patterns of behavior that is picked up over time. And this is where you get into those generational patterns. All right, so... Um, we can act out these behaviors with our children, whether they're good or bad. Um, pay attention to the patterns in your mothering and see how does it... Okay. <laughs> um, pay attention to the patterns that you have with your kids and see how does that relate to um, your experience with your mother when you grew up, right? Um so some examples could be things like yelling at your kids or you being yelled at as a kid versus talking calmly or softly. Um, maybe you experienced hugs and kisses with your parents or maybe you did not experience that and there was like no physical touch at all. Hugging and kissing just wasn't something that y'all did. Um, how was discipline handled um, in your home when you were a child? Were, um, was discipline something that was um, priority or done? Or were issues kind of ignored and swept under the rug? And the last example, was there any type of addiction or substance abuse going on in your home versus none of that going on at all? So again, that's not you know everything that could have went on, but just a few examples to try to kind of get your wheels turning um, as you're reflecting back on your experiences. So just a quick um, example of what our lives look like composed of our mother's story. I want you to think of, you know, when you're first born, that newborn baby, you're born into this world with a clean, fresh slate. You have no experiences. You have no <laughs> um, situations that you've been through. You're born, you're a fresh, new baby human, none at all. But over time, as you spend time with your family, as you start to have those experiences and grow and get older, um, you start to pick up on those generational patterns that are um, exposed to you or that you have access to. So it's almost like, I want you to think of like a Play-Doh ball, right? If you were to take a Play-Doh ball and roll it into dirt, or glitter, or like beads and seeds and stuff, eventually you'll see those pieces on that piece of Play-Doh. And that's similar to our lives when we're born as that fresh clean slate or that fresh <laughs> ball of dough. Over time, we're rolled in through different things that our parents have experienced and our own experiences. And they make up the person of who we are today, all right? Um, over time, generational patterns of behavior are picked up and passed from your mother to you. The cycle continues when you have kids. So whatever was rolled and picked up on you 
When you have your newborn baby and they're born and they're fresh, that clean slate of Play-Doh, your stuff that you have on them, on you starts to roll and mend into their lives. And our overall goal right now um, with this generation as a millennial mother is to start to pick away at some of that dirt and negative things that we don't need. Some of those old ways of doing things that have proven not to be beneficial or healthy. And we want to start adding more positive things to our dough of, to our Play-Doh ball so that, you know, those positive things are rolling off to our kids and they can roll and pass those things on to their kids. So this is, you know, so much deeper than us. It's generational. I preach that <laughs> um, almost every talk that I get. My end goal is, you know, generational growth and wealth and health um, all across the board. So great visual for that. So if any of you have been following me, I mentioned this latest name every once in a while, Iyanla Benzant. Yes, <laughs> I do watch her show and I do love her, even though she can be a little wild. I look at the message <laughs> and the purpose behind her madness that she can throw out there. So there was a specific show, um, a particular show that I watched of hers recently, and it just spoke so powerful how important knowing our mother's story is and how important it is to know our mother's story to know who we are so there was a special guest on there um she was an ex WNBA player um her name was Shamik Holdsclaw I hope I'm saying that right um very successful in her career won lots of awards you know made it to the WNBA very successful career but there was an incident that um had made it out into the public she was on TMZ, went to jail and arrested because there was an altercation that she had with her partner where she like smashed the partner's windows and actually shot a gun at her partner's car. So very huge outbreak. It was all over the news and thing. So Iyana, you know, talked to her and brought up that experience and wanted to get to the root of where all that anger came from. So she started to tell her story about her life experience, how her mom had her um, when she was a teenager, how her mom was an alcoholic, that there were days where um, she would have to prepare food or steal money from her mom's purse to go and get food to feed her and her siblings, and that it just was not a healthy environment and not a healthy relationship with her mom at that time. So she had a lot of regret, a lot of anger built up towards her mother um, and did not really want to have a relationship with her. And she later spoke about how social services came, but um, thankfully they were able to live with their grandmother and her grandmother took over as primary care provider, which is something that happens a lot in the black community. I want to do a talk on that too, but um, that her grandmother pretty much raised her. So then Iyanla brought her mom and started to talk to her mom about her life experiences. And her mom did, you know, go into detail about how she was wild and out there when she was younger, that she did have her kids as a teenager, um, and that she was an alcoholic, but that she had been clean for 20 years now. But her relationship with her daughter was still broken. So Iyama pointed out that, you know, well, with you not being an alcoholic for 20 years, clearly alcohol wasn't the problem. It's something that runs deeper into what's going on. 
Um, and what I found interesting is that when Iyanla brought, brought the two of them together, um, the guest on the show, the daughter, said that some of the things... Oh, I forgot to say this. This is important. Um, her mom, as she was telling her story, she did say she was drunk, um, an alcoholic or whatever, and that her mom, which is the grandma that raised the daughter, was mean to her. She said that her mom um, excluded her out, treated her differently. Um, she did not feel loved or accepted by her mom, which, you know, is kind of like, hmm, how did that happen? But she, but her daughter had such a great experience with her grandmother, right? So I found it interesting that when Iyana brought the two of them together, the daughter said that there were things that her mom shared and talked about that she never knew about her mom. She says she never knew that her grandmother was mean to her. She never knew those details about her. And that in her learning those details about her mom, it helped to open up her eyes and see her mom as a woman outside of just mama. And that's so important and vital to, you know, our journey as a mother and our relationships with our our mothers. We are more than mothers. <laughs> Before we were mothers, we were just women. We were girls. We were daughters. We were sisters, cousins, friends. You know, there's so much more than motherhood to us. And that's something to keep in mind. And it's important to know your mother's story. And as a mother, it's important to share your story because your story is a part of your child. Your mom's story is a part of you. All of her life experiences that she went through, again, that ball of Play-Doh is rolled into who you are and how she shows up for you and how her relationship is with you and how she interacts with you. So I thought that was very um, interesting. Um, so identifying patterns in our relationships with our mothers um, that we see in ourselves is similar to like a doctor asking your medical history. So a lot of times when we go to the doctor, especially, you know, when you're pregnant, they ask those um, health questions like, is there a medical history of high blood pressure, diabetes, mental illness, depression, or anxiety? Why do they ask that? Because if that pattern or that's something that shows up in um, your family members, it most likely is a part of you as well. And once you have awareness, you're able to have insight. You're able to plan ahead to um, prevent certain problems or issues, or you're able to pivot and turn in a different direction than the way that that pattern is going if it was not a positive pattern. Um, all right, so into my mother's story. So this is just a little blurb. Again, this is chapter three of my book, Mom, Kids, and Mental Peace. So my mom was born second out of nine children total by my biological grandmother. I cannot imagine being pregnant nine times. <laughs> but she was born second out of nine. And um, I just recently, just recently, this, well, actually last year, I'm around Thanksgiving time, learned a few facts about my biological grandmother um, because she passed away this around Thanksgiving time. Um, so I learned that my grandmother was a teen mom when she had my mom. Keep in mind, that was her second child as a teenager. I'm a teen mom. I had my first child at 16. My mom had my sister, my oldest sister, when she was 19. 
quick disclaimer for that, my mom was adopted. So she never really interacted with her biological mother. She didn't grow up with her or was around her um, or just embraced, you know, her environment at all. She was in a completely different environment, a completely different state. But you see that one detail is still in our generational bloodline. I personally have never had a conversation with my biological grandmother. But again, you see that pattern. It's still there. All of us had our children young. My sister as well. She had her oldest daughter at 19 as well. So um, I also learned that my grandma was a side chick <laughs> when it came to my mom being born. She was not with my mom's um, dad. He was married to someone else. And I will say that's a generational pattern that um, I have experienced in my lifeline, more so in like my teenage years than now as an adult. Um, but again, those young behaviors, those choices, those decisions, not being around each other, but you're still seeing that pattern. Um, where am I at? So like I said, yes, my mom was adopted. So, and you know, her being adopted, there was a lot of, um, feelings and experiences that she had that came along with adoption. So I've done my research on adopted child syndrome along with, you know, conversations that I've had with her and her sharing parts of her story with me. So most um, people who have been adopted deal with feelings of rejection, loss, grief, um, issues with finding their identity, lack of intimacy and connections, um, guilt and shame from being uh, um, given up for adoption. Um, and I noticed too that a lot of issues are kind of swept under the rug, piled up and ignored. Now, from all of those things that I've listed, I'm going to go into my sister's mother story because we're all, it's all connected. You'll see it <laughs> loop around in a minute. So with my sister growing up, um, she would say a lot of times, and I took it as a joke, like, mommy treats you better than me, or she likes you more than me, or she does more for you than me, this, that, and the third. And I can honestly say, like, as a kid, I would kind of brush that off, like, what is she talking about? She's just being overdramatic. That is not the case. But, you know, growing up as an adult and doing my research and learning about generational patterns and really paying attention to... Um, our relationships and our interactions, I did start to notice that pattern. I did start to notice what my sister was talking about. So this can go back to, let's draw that line back to my mom's feeling of the fact that my grandmother kept, my biological grandmother kept um, seven other children and gave her away. That can make you feel like, you know, well, Maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe I wasn't enough if she kept all of them and gave me away. So that was kind of showing up in her parenting style between me and my sister. My sister is being the oldest one and me being the youngest. It's like, well, maybe the oldest child is kind of shunned away, but the youngest child is more so embraced and given more grace. Um, so, you know, back to my sister's mother's story. She has two girls, an oldest daughter and a youngest daughter. And I see literally, I've seen the exact same thing happen. My oldest niece, their relationship is so, you know, rocky. They are definitely getting better. 
Um, but from what I've, ex- what I've experienced, the relationship is rocky. It's a strain. Um, compared to my youngest niece, she gets more grace. They kind of get along a little better. So again, we have not been around my biological grandmother. None of us have interacted with her, spoke with her, anything. But you see these patterns of behavior, these patterns of relationships. And, you know, it's just it's just mind blowing how similar these things are, even not being around that person. It shows how deep that it runs within us. And it's a part of the history of my family. Now, let's see. When it comes to my story, I was afraid of falling into that cycle whenever I had um, my daughter after Jameer. So it was like, all right, this is the two kids thing. I know that when you have a newborn that they kind of need all of your attention and the oldest child doesn't really get as much. So I didn't want to fall into that cycle of favoritism. So I had to be really intentional about my time spent with each child and how I showed up. Um, and even now with having three kids and having a little baby, babies do need a lot of attention, but I'm more aware now um, of how I interact with them and my time spent and the words that I say, because I don't want anyone to feel rejected, loss, grief, um, lack of identity or lack of intimacy which I can say these are some feelings that I experienced with my mother growing up. And I knew who she was. We grew up in the house together. I lived with her. But again, that pattern of feelings and experiences, it runs deep, y'all. It really does. So um, let's see. The road to healing. How once you do figure out, and some and I will say, Sometimes hearing the story and hearing these experiences, it can be ugly. It can be hard to hear, um, but it's important to know. I will say don't don't dwell and get stuck and in a funk about what they've been through. This is life. And I've realized I'll, I'll be 30 years old in May. I realize with life, things happen. Great. We have high moments in life. We have low moments in life. It's just life. So don't get discouraged or um, avoid your mother's story or feel like anything is your fault or that maybe you could have done more or stopped something. Life is life and these experiences happen. Um, It's up to us and we can only control how we move forward once we get that information. All right. So for the road to healing, um, ask God for help. Ask God to help you to be intentional and making a plan about how you're going to move forward away from the negative patterns that you do learn um, about your mother's story. Don't expect things to change quickly. You have to think about how many years um, your family has been in this place or has done this pattern of behavior. It's not going to change overnight. It will not always be gotten right, but you know, it can be done. Even though it's hard, it's not impossible. Just trust the process. Don't get upset because in two weeks, y'all said y'all were going to come together and then y'all don't or it falls apart. Or you said that you would give this person grace and then they're still doing that negative behavior. Definitely have your boundaries and things in place, but don't expect everything to change um, overnight or immediately. Um, When it comes to, you know, getting on that right path, acknowledgement is not enough. So you can know the story and acknowledge it. But there has to be action and a plan behind that knowledge. All right. 
So ask questions like, what am I going to do to avoid this unhealthy behavior? What is my plan when I encounter this specific situation? Um, and having questions like that and that type of mindset, it helped me to rewrite my mother's story um, for my children. Um, so for me and the favoritism thing, like I said, I have to be intentional about my time with my kids. And the love languages has really helped me with that. Um, I've shared that in a talk on my page. I'm not sure when, but I did talk on the love languages. Um, so in conclusion, this is you have some homework today. I have some homework today with today's talk. I want you to reflect and write down the patterns that you notice in yourself and your mother. It can be positive or negative. So an example of a positive one, because I think I've been just talking on negative um, maybe cer certain cooking skills and recipes have been passed down from your generation. Your grandmother knew how to cook, your mother does, and you do too. And that's something you want to pass on to your kids. Or um, maybe your grandmother was into crafting and sewing and making clothes and stuff. Your mother did the same thing and you have the same interest in that. So it can go either way. But the homework is to write down the patterns that you notice in yourself and your mother. Think back too on those examples that I gave at the beginning. As far as how y'all talk to each other. Do y'all yell versus talking calmly? Do you all engage in physical touch like hugs, hugs and kisses? Or was that something y'all didn't do? Okay, think on things like that. Um, the next part of your homework is to find out your mother's story. Um, if you do have the opportunity, I highly suggest that you sit and talk with your mom about her mother's story. Figure out what she's been through and her experiences. The mission of the millennial mother is to break generational curses and start new and healthy ones. Don't just talk about it, be about it. All right. So that's all I have for you all tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and I will see you all next week for our next talk. Bye. Have a good night.